I said Lucas's name in the first one. Yeah, and you just said it on the recording. Yeah, first I know. thing. I know That's you good. Just turned out. Good job. <laughs> oh well, hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, today I'm sitting here with uh, Bob. He is the father of two. We're sitting in what we can call it my home studio. I think that's uh, yeah. it's now a, a multi-purpose room, and uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're both uh, sitting here. We're we're having a seven and seven today. Got this together in honor of you at uh, what ten thirty a.m. I think that's yeah somewhere around ten thirty. Yeah. Totally fine, and uh, yeah, I was mentioning I got the seven and seven because it's referenced in your two favorite movies. Um, Goodfellas and uh, Bridesmaids. Yeah, Bridesmaids, of course. You're a huge uh, Bridesmaids fan. (laughs) Anytime Bridesmaids is on, you have to watch it, right? That's how... It must never be on. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I've seen it once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not not for us. No. It's not. No. It's there. It's funny. We're not the target audience. To be appreciated. (laughs) But that's... Oh, so um, since we're talking about being dads, um, quick reference, uh, where did you grow up and how was your childhood when you were, let's start with your oldest, uh, when you were about nine, what was your childhood like? Okay. It's like a hidden question. It's like, could go real deep here. You think, you think yeah. about yourself yeah. at nine. Yeah. What, uh... well, I'm from uh, Niagara Falls, New York. Lived there until I was 23. And uh, I have a, well, I guess when I was nine, so my sister is three years younger than I am, and my brother is 10 years younger than I am. So it was just the two of us when I was nine. Um, You know, I think, you know, typical, you know, neighborhood situation, bunch of friends around within a couple houses. we lived on a really busy street, so we would go elsewhere to play. We couldn't play in our in our street, okay. and so um, we'd go. And then the big park was five blocks behind my house, and so that was really easy to go to. You know, not at nine necessarily by ourselves, but as we got a little bit older. Um, but we were always allowed to go around the block where we had other friends, and we could play in the street. You had your boundaries. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, because it was a creek down one way and a major, major road down another the other way. Yeah. And so we were sort of... Major for Niagara Falls. Major for Niagara Falls, yes. <laughs> two lanes on each side with a divider in the middle. Like, you know, well, that's all yeah, 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 I mean, it's pretty that's not too bad. Um, but we were pretty much at that age. It was pretty much combi- confined to our block, front and back. You can go around the block and play on that street, and you can play in our front yards. That was it. Nice. Good childhood? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Lots no, of fun? No, no complaints. Yeah. No complaints. You, you, know. look, you look back on it fondly. And you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was good. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any of those, uh, you know, stories that would put me into therapy or... No stand-by-me moments. No. <laughs> no. Yes, but without the dead body. <laughs> okay. That's... <laughs> Well, see, yeah, that, that's wandering what, in places we shouldn't have been. That's and, what you, you know, want, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. supposed you're supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, totally not attributed to anything we're going to talk about further. But how fucking good is Castle Rock? I have you? not, not yet. Um, I, I have to I have to do the Hulu preview. I don't next. have Hulu, so 
I'll just I... give you one of my logins. <laughs> God damn it. It is so good. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. That's uh, for our next podcast. There we go. Castle Rock Rocks. Castle Rock Rocks. Mm-hmm. Where, where we do pretty much what we're doing now. We have drinks and we talk about Castle Rock. Okay. <laughs> So with your with your kind of Americana childhood in New York, where you're able to roam the streets and not get into too much mischief, you're an accessory to no uh, felonies. And no, <laughs> no you... worst worst thing we would do. I mentioned it was a creek, like a block over block further than we were allowed, and yeah, a couple of times we'd get you got caught going to there was a little you know call it a bridge but it was basically like jump across a few rocks sure into this little island area where you could just kind of hang out and i would say probably nine or ten was when we started to to know that was there and head off there and then there was a while i just you'd go home and mom would be like y- you know you're a duck island again <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I don't know how you knew that but yeah we'd get caught well, now as parents, we know how all of our parents knew that stuff. Another parent called or oh, yeah. or they just saw you doing it and we're just right. like, I'll let them have their fun and then I'll pretend like they're really. That trouble. was not my mom because she was oh. deathly afraid that we were going to fall in the creek and, you know, never be seen again. Just because <laughs> at that point of the creek, it became it went from more of like you could hop along the rocks to that to just a much deeper area. Oh, OK. And so. You know, we knew how to swim, but theoretically you could, you know, yeah, fall side, off the other side of it and drown. Sidebar, you're a strong swimmer. I've always been. I, I <laughs> took swim lessons at a very early age, and we had a pool growing up, so. Yeah, she was just nervous to be nervous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So with uh, with that childhood, do you think that your two children have it better than you did? Or do you think they have it a little worse? I think that they... I think overall worse. Overall worse? Yeah. Just because, and the street that we live on has a lot of, um, a lot of kids on it. Um, and so the kids have, there's plenty of kids to play with and our street is not busy. And so they're in the street and they can play things like that. But mm-hmm. they don't go out there by themselves. Either me or my wife or one or the other. We know, you know, a couple of the parents that we trust to be out there. Um, we just don't let them roam on their own. And their boundaries are, there's a fire hydrant down one way that's three houses away from our house. And there's a big bush the other way that's four houses that way. And that's their boundary. Um, and they just don't have, I mean, uh, my son even has a friend that lives one block over, mm-hmm. but there's a cut through, a little path through through in between houses. There's a path, you know a real path like they they made it. It wasn't just like you know got it didn't just get worn. It was mm-hmm. there for a purpose. You'd go two houses over through this path, get to the other road, go two houses to the side over there, and you'd be at his house. He's not allowed to go by himself. Hmm. Okay, just just a different time. Yeah. Do you, do you have some reasoning behind that, or it's just? I mean, even though we live in a very safe neighborhood, it's just the safety factor. Yeah, it's just it's just a different world that you can't let your kids just 
go wherever. I feel I have this is just a personal theory. I feel like the world the world really hasn't changed at all. Just our awareness of it. Oh, certainly has changed. Yeah, like there were always creepy adults. Yep, there were always. I mean, we we grew up in the generation of the milk carton kids. That didn't that didn't exist right before we were kids, and that brought it very much to the to the forefront. And yeah, we just it's it's always been there. It's just now we're like, oh, now we have a predator registry that we can just look up and see little red dots. Yeah, and like <laughs> it's it's you know predator on two levels. <laughs> it's like the movie, and it's like the living nightmare. <laughs> no, there's definitely that that there's like you said more awareness. There's just news is news is not local anymore. Right. If something happens in Colorado, you know, uh, even even not even like a school shooting or something like that, but just like the threat of it, mm-hmm. that makes the news here. You know, it makes the news everywhere. Yeah, it's because we have twenty four hour news now. Yeah, they gotta fill and the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and everything's being pushed to us. You don't have to seek out news anymore. It's pushed to you. Yeah, through your. Through your phone, through your device, through just whatever—it's just—it's just there. So, would you put just the the ability to roam the neighborhood factor is the one thing that makes their lives worse than than yours growing up? Yeah, because I don't I don't see like we had video games growing up, mm-hmm. but we still spent most of our time outside, and it wasn't just it wasn't because our parents told us to go outside and play. Mm-hmm. That's what you did. It's just what you do. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, that was that was for me growing up. I kind of had, I could go up and down my street and I had three friends, three friends on my street, basically a gold, silver, and bronze who I wanted to play with. <laughs> and that was, that was it. And if they weren't home, I mean, my only way to communicate with them would be to go and knock on their door. Right. I didn't have their phone numbers. I didn't, you know, couldn't, couldn't set a play date I would knock uh, gold medal friend is busy yeah knock on to the next one silver medal friend also busy I guess I'm going down the street to play with Steven <laughs> I, sorry Steven I, I hope he took his allergy medication <laughs> like, it's just, it was it was about like that but yeah it was, I mean I had video games I, I enjoyed them but they also Kind of, they kind of sucked. Yeah, but for the time they were great. No, for the time they were great. Yeah. But I'm just like three lives and you're dead. You have to be a particular kind of kid to be able to go like, all right, I'm going to copy down the 16 digit continue code for Contra, or I'm going to get a subscription to Nintendo Power and <laughs> have the map to Legend of Zelda through the forest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had Zelda. I mean, I started out. At Atari, and then I had like I think there was like ten ever sold. I had the Texas Instrument um, gaming system. Wow! Yeah, when, I've when, never even heard of this. When my friends had, you know, you, the the fringe one then was like the Commodore. Yeah, the yeah, Commodore sixty four, right? And even only one of my friends had that. We all had Atari.
Okay, so... Um, so yeah, I had those and then got, you know, original Nintendo at some point. Um, but yeah, Texas Instrument was cool because it had all of the games that you knew and loved, just generic versions of them. <laughs> I played a lot of Munchman. Pac-Man? Yes, except <laughs> except you didn't eat the dots, the, the, the gold dots. There was still ghosts yeah goblins is probably more accurate gotcha. um but you didn't eat the dots you connected the chain so a chain came out of your butt as you went <laughs> and you had to fill the whole screen instead of removing them all from the whole screen pretty much the same layout and you know graphics were very similar <laughs> those types of things <laughs> That's and so, it sounds way dirtier no pac-man oh that's a Munch man. Munch man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like someone's fraternity nickname. We got Munch man. We got the biz, the biz and <laughs> I can't think of a good third. <laughs> and this is Joel. Joel. <laughs> I was one of those poor guys. I could never, I could never keep a nickname. No. People were like, oh, we're going to call you. And it, like three minutes later. Uh, well, you're Mark. Yeah, still Mark. Just Mark. Um, so yeah, I just you know we played. I mean, we played a ton of video games when we were, when we were younger, but we still wanted to go outside. We still wanted to, to go and ride our bikes and go, you know, play, you know, street kickball and street hockey and you know that kind of stuff. I'm anxious for that first bit of freedom that Preston's going to get because I think um, when it gets a little cooler, we're going to let him ride his bike to school. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a half mile. And just, I remember that first time where I was like, no one is checking up on me. Like, I wave goodbye to my mom, I get on my bike, and I'm just expected to be at school. Yeah. And it was, even though it was only like a five minute ride, I was like, this is my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is. See, I grew up, I walked to school every day. It was it was five blocks away. The you know you went straight back five blocks to get to the park. You went straight back four blocks and one over to get to school. Yeah. And so you know obviously when you're really young, your mom walks you. But after that, I mean, I would say starting probably in third grade, just walked and we would come home for lunch. Wow. Because it was so close, so we'd leave school, come home for lunch, and then go back. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> like, um, I didn't get that till senior year of high school. Yeah. Um, and so that was, you know, we were able to do that. Lived in, you know, one of the nicer parts of Niagara Falls and just, it wasn't something you worry about. Knew, you know, you knew everybody along the way, along the walk. Just yeah. waving at everybody. Yeah. I can't have it. I, I've never been to Niagara Falls, honestly. I mean, I know nothing about it. I've lived in a very different part of New York, mm. but I just can't there, imagine there being a seedy underbelly to Niagara Falls. I just imagine, I just imagine like maybe those apartments that they have at the bottom of the falls, you know, where, <laughs> but, but it just, it just seems like, like, uh, oh, nice. There, were, When I was growing up, there were two areas that you just, there was one area you just didn't go in, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, anywhere near dark or after dark, you just didn't go in. There was a nightclub that changed names 40 times when I was a kid because there would be a shooting. Jeez. And then they'd, 
change the name or, you know, change owners or whatever. But you just knew. I mean, it was nowhere near where we lived. And it was just like you just didn't go there. If you had to go down that street, don't stop at the red light. There was one red light. Don't stop. Don't just, stop. just, just don't stop. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, day or night. Um, and then there was another area that was more closer to the actual downtown, like the, you know, the, the central downtown. There, that was just, yeah, just watch yourself, that sort of thing. But they had a really good pizzeria over there. That had been there for years before it had gotten bad, and so yeah, you go in to get the pizza. That's where you go. Yeah, um, but now ninety percent of Niagara Falls is terrible. Oh yeah, my neighborhood is borderline. Yeah, yikes! And so even you know we always you always like you say okay well you know north of fifteenth. Is a little sketchy. That was when I was growing up. Started at first, which was closest to the falls, and then I lived off of 29th. Okay. And so, right like north of 15, 15th. Now it's north of 27th. Jeez. Yeah. It's like completely different. Wow. So you're right on the border. Yeah. Tell your parents. Yeah. To, tell your parents to. No, sell. they moved. They moved. Oh, they moved. Yeah, they moved in 2001. <laughs> yeah. They, they live in a little village outside of Niagara Falls now, like 10 minutes away. Very good. Well, um, with uh, with you with your two children, what do you uh, what do you want for them growing up? I mean, they've got this childhood that's way worse than yours. Yeah, it's terrible. They can't. <laughs> they got to go. They're big bush to fire hydrant kids, mm-hmm. rather than you know. Here's your five block radius with a creek. Damn. <laughs> creek that would freeze over in the winter. Talk about that. Uh, that's dangerous attraction. Though. Yeah. And we would do it when it when it got real solid. You go and you shovel off the snow, and then you ice skate on the top of the creek and play a little hockey. Yeah. You know, or if you didn't want to, if you if you didn't feel like they could take the skates, you would just go out with your shoes on. Your shoes and so. so they got they got none of that living in Texas, no. man. Oh God, no. So um, so what do you what do you want for them as they as they grow up? Um, it's a really good question. I had never really thought about it. Um, you're a great dad, by the way. Yeah, it, it's. It, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never thought about it in that context of you know, um, you know. Obviously, we're just focused on education, and you know, um, it's why we chose to live where we live because it's a really good school district, and mm-hmm. you know, it's you know not it was not convenient to the job I had when we moved here, and it's not convenient to my current job. But that's okay. Um, I, you know, I don't... The funny thing is, is that with lots of kids around when I was growing up, um, and in the, as you got older, you, you know, you extended your radius, and there was a lot more kids. I only talked to two of them. <laughs> I only want to talk to two of them. Right. Um, and and even then, like, I, I just talked to my best friend growing up when I went up last month. First time in five years that we talked. <laughs> Not just seen each other, but talked at all. Really talked, yeah. Nothing. Text messages, phone calls, nothing. It's just zero. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I'm not, 
I, I didn't have that ongoing like large group of friends, you know, from back home or anything like that. And so it's not important for my kids to have that. Okay. It's more important for them to have closer relationships with a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, no, I think I think the goal of parenting now is. And maybe it's maybe it just has it hasn't changed really, but get them out, okay. get them prepared to go on to the next step, and <clears throat> um, I my kids are already doing things at their ages that I was nowhere near. My sister was nowhere near doing at those ages. It just as far as doing things for themselves, doing you know. Teaching them how to make certain foods and like oh, that. life skills, life yeah, skills yeah. Um, you know, for me, it was like you clean your room, you make your bed, and that was about all that was expected of you. Uh, Lucas even asked me yesterday. He said he, he got upset. I didn't know until I had come in, but he wanted to come out and help me cut the lawn. Oh. And I would never, at nine years old, I you know. That wasn't, that wasn't a thing. Now, as soon as I got old enough, that was my job growing up, but, <laughs> you know, but not at nine. Wow. I let um, Preston do it at nine. I pay yeah. him to do it at nine. Yeah. Yeah. I and just don't, yeah, I just don't know. It was such a, well, here, here's the only reasons I thought it was okay. I, I was literally walking behind him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was the only, the only real lesson that he derived from it was number one you do hard work you earn money sure and that was that was worth it to him at the time i don't let him mow this lawn because it's a little more dirt than grass at the moment but and then the other thing was you don't get paid unless you do a good job Mm -hmm. and so he would cut a corner and he'd leave that little patch of grass and i'm like well now you're on this side of the lawn you gotta go all the way back and catch that and it was it was a pretty good lesson on you know finishing what you start yeah and all that stuff and I'm hot I need a break I'm like breaks are gonna make this go longer like yeah. <laughs> so we had we had that that bit of it but that's good well yeah. the so you just want them to have a, a group of friends small close keep it going yeah and I can all I can all and, and it was sort of the same for me growing up I can kind of see that with Lucas is he's got this group of friends that he started with at pre-K mm-hmm. when we first moved here that he is still like they still play on the playground together and they still we still do play dates with them that's the other thing that's different like play dates didn't exist when we were growing up yeah. it's like you just went out and played yeah. now you have to coordinate everything and there has to be and, and most of the time there's like some activity that happens and that's not that's not my wife and I. That's no. not like just come on over and play. I wish just, I wish we were much more. Now. My daughter over to one of her friends, and she came home with like one time she came home they made slime. You know, that's, that's like, too much. In, you know, or they made little beaded bedazzled something or other, and it's like Sophia went and got her your daughter Sophia went and got her nails done. Oh yeah, last time yeah. I, I have yeah. the highlight. Our, our boys are playing together right now. Right. And the highlight, the absolute highlight, 
is in 30 minutes when the pizza arrives. Right. That's, <laughs> I got nothing else up my sleeve. Yep. I've got, it's just, there's going to be, there's going to be cheesy bread. Like, that's all, that's yeah. all we got. Yeah. So, so your, your, your son and your daughter grow up. You just want them to have a few close friends. Yeah. Left over, left over from childhood that kind of yeah. know, that know the whole game. Gotcha. Yeah. So what do you, uh, the, the next, uh, the next place to go is your, your son and daughter. Well, we'll pretend they're the same age, but okay. they're adults now. They're 25. Okay. They've graduated or dropped out of whatever they're going to graduate and drop out of. What do you, uh, what do you actually see for them as adults? How do you think, how do you think they're going to turn out? I, I really believe that. Like both of them are pretty, and obviously at that age you change your mind, you know. But, um, you know, Lucas is just very engineer brained, and so I think he's going to do something like that. He already has, you know, ideas for things that he wants to invent that the world doesn't have, um, and you know, Sophia will do something that's more helping. Um, I don't think she'll be a teacher, but maybe, I mean, she's really into being like a veterinarian um, or she'll be something. So she loves killing kittens? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's specialized in euthanasia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quick side note, for a very long time, I think like very, a whole lot of people, I thought that was just about um, Chinese teenagers. Kids in Asia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, this is a problem, euthanasia. I'm like, yeah. the news is racist. No, it's euthanasia. <laughs> so you're, you know, Sophia's So she'll, gonna, she'll Sophia's do something, she'll, you know, psychologist, um, veterinarian. I don't think she'll do doctor or nurse or anything like that. Um, you know, something along those lines. Um, and, you know, Lucas will... Uh, he won't do anything that involves his hands, like getting dirty. And oh, like hard labor is yeah. out of the question. No. no, no. And I'm not raising him like that. You know, my dad is an electrician by trade his entire career. Um, I know enough not to get electrocuted. I just, he would <laughs> try to teach me and it just didn't take, I get, you know, I would, I wasn't interested because that wasn't my path. Um, and yeah, I know enough that I, I won't kill myself trying to fix something. And if I call him up and ask him what to do, I can follow his directions. I know what things are called enough. It, some of it got absorbed in there. That's funny. Yeah. But I, but I, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm the son of a, an engineer and he worked his entire life in the aluminum industry. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, my dad can fix just about anything he doesn't he doesn't throw things away because everything has a purpose so why would why would you throw away something that could have a purpose someday mm. so he's got he's got a basement slash garage that is full and but the and i think my dad would describe me the same way you just described yourself like if i tell him what to do he can follow my directions if you know he's kind of got this but to my wife i'm a god in, in how I can fix things and without fail when she goes how do you know how to do this I go 
my dad and I did it when I was like 11. Mm -hmm. And I just paid attention. Yeah. And those moments really stuck. So I, I feel that weight all the time when like Preston and I are doing something together. I'm thinking like, oh crap, he's going to remember this. Like, and so I have to turn it, <laughs> turn it to like something a little more positive. Like, yeah, he's going to remember this. Yeah, right. Like, meanwhile, while I'm hungover and trying to, trying to get him to, you know, help me, you know, change the oil in the car. I couldn't think of a better example. We don't do that together, but it's just, I, I did that growing up. I always, my dad always changes own oil. And we, when I got a car, I change. Yeah. And do my own oil. I mean, it was so far as my dad, when I got my first car that was mine that I bought, um, the brake line went out and the guy across the street was the car guy. Mm -hmm. And, so he's like, I'll do it for you, but I'm not doing it for you. Like, bring the car over, send Bobby over there, and he's going to do this, and I'm going to show him how to do it. So I did a freaking brake line on God. a 1980 Oldsmobile Supreme. <laughs> like, it was awful. It took two full days. It yep. just, <laughs> you got to bleed the line, and you got to do it just... It, it's yes. awful. The reason the reason I but you, you, you hear I couldn't it. do it again. I don't remember <laughs> any specifics to be no. able to do it again. But yeah, but I was made to do that. Like I, if you want it fixed and you want it fixed for one hundred and fifty bucks or whatever he charges, yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I'm 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 laughing because I had a very similar experience. I drove when I was moving to New York. I drove through West Virginia, which is where my dad lived, and he looked at me and goes, "Hey, you ever?" Um, change the brakes on your car I said no he's like eh, car's about five six years old time to change the brakes and just a complete non sequitur you know two hours later I've got brake pads he's telling me that you know brake fluid is extremely corrosive so don't let it drip on anything and we're we've got all four wheels off of my car and I'm like how did, we, how did we get here? How did we get here? Yeah. It, and it was just, my dad looked at me and goes, never, you ever change brakes? And he's like, you're never, and he looked at me and said something like that. It's like, you're never going to have to do this again, but I want you to know how to do it. Yeah. And damn it, if I didn't see, there's, there's, a, there's a movie coming out. I'll have to look it up later. But it has, um, I think it's called like Deer, like Whitetail or Deer Hunter or something like that. It's got Josh Brolin in it, okay. and then it's also got oh, one of the guys. The guy, of, you'll have to help me, from six, uh, Eastbound and Down. I never watched that. Um, also, This is the End. It was, um, oh, damn. They actually used his real name in This is the End. Um, anyway, I'll think of it later. Yeah, but no idea. Th Didn't this see This is the End either. John Cusack's in that movie, right? No, no, that's thinking, Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, and it feels it was this is Seth bar Rogen. hopping or something, no, right? No, no okay. Seth Rogen. Oh, I know okay. what you're thinking of. Yeah, it's not that. Okay, <laughs> but in in this movie, this child is being taught by his dad how to deer hunt. Okay, which I th both my dad and my grandfather tried to get me into, and I just it didn't take. Did you actually do it? I went out there. I'd, I've never, I still never killed a deer. Did you ever fire a gun? Many times. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. 
Did I mention there's an arsenal downstairs? At something? At, and no, not at a living thing. Just targets. It yeah, just never... That's, that's all I did when I was younger. Dad, one of Dad's friends had a place in a, you know, and, and a bunch of stuff. And yeah. I think I did it twice. So I, I, I rarely... I don't cry a bunch. I wouldn't say. There's a couple times a year it'll something will make me well up. But Dad's stuff always yeah. gets me. And in this, just in the preview of this movie... They go, the, the kid goes like, why are you, in, in his own kid way, like, why are you trying to teach me this thing that clearly I don't want to learn? And the dad says, well, this is so when I'm gone, you can come back here and I'll still somehow be a part of your life. Damn it. And I was like, that's why we did the break lines. That's why I'm sitting out. That's why I was sitting out in the West Virginia sun. Yeah, now every time sweating. you go to West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's going to be like. Oh, man. So your your son your son's going to grow up and be an engineer and save the world. Yeah. Because it's not, the, it's not going to be the scientists that save the world. It's going to no. be the engineers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then your, your, your daughter's going to help people. And that's what that's what you um, really see happening for them. Yeah. In that process of growing up, you've grown up. You're currently grown. Okay. So well, you know, well, you know. I'll, I'll take that leap. Yeah, you know all the pitfalls of growing up, all the bad things that can happen, all the the bad decisions you can make. What do you want? What do you want your kids to avoid? Nothing. Nothing. They need to go through it all. Damn. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. In fact, Lucas is in fourth grade this year, and that's when the real bullying starts. It does. And so, you know, they're seven days into school, the school year right now, you know. And after day four or five, he came home. And he said, everybody's making fun of me because I eat slow. And he does eat slow. And we've told him for years that he'll get to a point where people will start to notice. And now it's happened. Here we are. And so I had to teach him because when I hit fourth grade, that was when the bullying started. And and I would never call it bullying. It's just teaching. It's just, it's just what, you know, try to explain to him. No one's immune. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets picked on by somebody else. And it doesn't matter what it is. Kids will find something big footy and you know you have to not let it bother you you have to just ignore it move on whatever and so two days later he went back to school and came home that day and he's like they tried to do it again and I just kind of said this is what I do and he's like now we're friends (laughs) (laughs) so and that's kind of what I told him. I told him a story about how, you know, that there was a, a kid that kind of started the whole, you know, I got I got branded as the nerd in fourth grade. Okay. I got, I got glasses. Huh. I got, you know, and. So by look and look alone, you were the yeah, nerd. Yeah, I was yeah. the nerd. And, and, you know, it was fourth grade, it'll take me, you know, 1984. So, you know, Revenge of the Nerds. And I don't think that, yeah. I don't think it. I don't remember when that movie came out, but somewhere around there. It was in the 80s. Yeah, Yeah, it was in the 80s. But, you know, it was that kind of idea. And uh, I said, you know, 
I said, by middle school, we were friends, like that same kid, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we ended up, you know, being friendly acquaintances all the way through high school, you know, even to the fact that, like, when I saw my best friend growing up, when I went up to New York, he was one of the people I asked about because I know that he, this guy still, he never left Niagara Falls, so. Yeah. He's still in the same circles. He's just kind of like, with all hey, the people he, we grew up with. Is he yeah. north or south of 27th? Like, right, what's yeah. The, what's yeah. the score? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, um, you know, and that was sort of, I never expected that sort of instant lesson for Lucas, but it just happened that way. Um, and he really just dealt with it the way I would want him to. But no, you you don't go through adversity when you're growing up then you don't know how to handle it when you're an adult. And, you know, I don't want anything terrible to happen to them, but they need to be picked on. They need to, I mean, I was in two fist fights ever in my life. I was not the victor at either. I was mm. not the bigger by any stretch in either. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, it just, you got to go through those things. Okay. Makes you a better person. Wow. Yeah. I have a I have a nice I have a nice list of things I want Preston to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, but but it, it, the the funny thing is, is it's not it's not experiences. It's mostly things that are built around my personal character flaws, because I know I've got them, and I want, I almost want him to, I well in in a lot of instances I'm doing my best to teach him how to avoid those character pitfall pitfalls that I know I have, I have no idea if he has them. They haven't expressed themselves yet, but just like, um, I need an example. Oh, sure. Well, <laughs> I'll give you one from, from today. Okay. Preston goes, okay, so Lucas is coming over and he's going to play. I have an idea, daddy. And he goes, I'm going to, he's like, you know, that robot that I have that, will it transforms and it shoots missiles and all of this stuff he's like what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna have that at the front door right when he gets here and when he rings the doorbell i'll you know you go open the door and then i'll shoot lucas with that and he'll think it's really cool and i said okay you're not gonna do that and it's not because it's not a good idea or a fun idea or anything as i said it's because you and Lucas are already friends. Lucas already likes you. You don't need to do anything extra. Because that's the kid I was. I was the kid who's like, oh, you like my toy? Take it. Take it home. Mm. You can have it. Yeah. It's fine. Like me more. Yeah. Like me better. Am I your best friend? Like, that was me as a kid. And I'm just, I'm just like, don't, don't be the needy kid. Don't be the kid that needs to yeah. be liked. It's much better to be the kid who is liked and can seem like he could take it or leave it because he's so yeah. on top of things. So that's that's a good example. Th- those are the things that I'm trying to get Preston to avoid. Because Preston, you know, my son has this idealized version of who I am. Of course. Which, thank God for that. We were, we were in... If he only knew. Well, that's, that's part of the thing. That's, I think that's part of being... A dad yeah. and part of part of what this shows about is you know some days our our, our kids are going to realize that we're people mm-hmm. and not 
gods. Yeah. Because we were in we were in an airport the other day, and there was a really long line for the men's bathroom, really long, and which is odd, really odd. It's just strange. Like I think it was like a movie got out kind of long, and I said I was like, all right, Preston, we can do one of two things here. We're about to get on a two-hour flight, and you do not want to use a bathroom in an air in an airplane. Because he had a cast on, like I had to help him. Oh, wash okay, his hands. yeah. Like, there there's, was there's more than just the there normal. was a situation. Yeah. There, there were extenuating. I get services. that. Yeah. So we there was a bathroom ten feet from us. It had a huge line. I said, okay, we could stand in this line, or we could walk down, you know, another three gates, and there's going to be another restroom with probably a shorter line. He goes, I don't know, Dad. He's like, all right, we can walk a little bit, and let's let's find out. So we walk, and you know. Sure enough, we get to the next bathroom and it's there's no line there and it's fine. He goes, Wow, daddy. He's like, That's what I, that's one of the things I like about you. I said, I can find bathrooms. He goes, No, he goes, You never give up. And I was like, Oh, god damn it. I was like, If child, if you only knew how many times a day I give up i'm easily dissuaded mm. and, and and able to drop things and then not care that i drop them but he has the image that i'm the guy who you know what when there's a bathroom that's just not good enough i find another bathroom I'm like oh well i'm glad that's a mantra in our house never give up never give up do you yeah. give up no you don't no no, I'm stubborn as hell. No, no, it's not. It's not for any good. Re- no, it's not for a good reason. No, I'm, I will find a solution. Yeah, I will, and yeah, nice. and I rarely fail. Uh, it may not be that day. See, but. I give up all the time, but yet I succeed. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, we've instilled that in the kids from a very early age. So as um, personally, I think in, in my own life, I feel as a dad misunderstood quite often. Do you ever feel like your kids misunderstand? By your kids. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, wife, too. But, but not by society. Like, but not by society. Okay. No, yeah. no. I don't, think, I don't think anyone misunderstands my stance as a, as a dad in society. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty middle-of-the-road kind of dad. But do you think your kids ever misunderstand where you're where you're coming from? I would say yeah, but I can't think of a good example right now. Like, but I know that I've I've tried to explain something and they go off on their you know verbally rationalizing what I just said and I'm like that's not that's not what I'm doing. It's not what I was trying to say. Right. Yeah. But um yeah, I find I look for places to just have that open dialogue. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't something I had with my my father. My father worked. He was the he was the one that worked in the family. My mom started working when when me and my sister were like probably in probably when I was in like 3rd or 4th grade. But she worked a job that she went in at nine and she was out at two thirty. So yeah. she was she put us off to school. She was home when we got home. By the time you got home. And 
my dad, you know, he was the electrician. He, you know, he was the one that had the regular job and he worked hard. And when he came home, he was tired. And so it wasn't a whole lot of discussion, you know, just heart to hearts or more do this, do that. Yeah. Good night. Uh, no, that was my mom. My mom was, was the one that kept the house together. The one that, um, you know, kept us in line, she, you know, did all of that. My dad just wanted to come home and just relax. And, uh, and so I seek out those places, even if it's just the 10 minute ride to school in the morning or we're going to a doctor's appointment mm-hmm. or something like that. And even with both of them, I can do it with one in the car or both and just kind of try to spark some conversation about something. We call those man talks. Man talks. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's time, time for a man talk. Yeah. Because, I mean, and that's ranged everything from, no, 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 you have to wash with soap underneath your armpits. Sure. All the way up to things like, yeah, you, most people are afraid. And most people are not thinking about you. Right. Ever. That was a weird realization. And I think that's part of the fourth grade. It, the fourth grade seems to be the moment where kids stop being quite so egocentric and they start looking outward and like, oh, like, hey, you eat slow. Like, I see how I'm eating. I've always known how I eat. Yeah. And I'm looking at you now and it's different, it's different. somehow. Yeah. So therefore tease or or even, even just acknowledge. Yeah. And yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's a different different thing yeah we had a whole conversation about like everyone's afraid all the time and it's just the only difference between people is how people deal with that fear they can mm-hmm. ignore it and they seem brave or they can acknowledge it and live in it and then they never do anything yeah but pretty much everybody's afraid <laughs> just all the time looks is very inquisitive and so He'll just randomly just like we were. I was taking him to jujitsu um, on Tuesday, and he was like, "Do fish have blood?" Wow! And I was like, "I was like, I know that they do, but it can't be the same as other animals." I said, "So you know, when we get home, we'll we'll look it up and." Learn something, you know, and we went and we learned a little bit about it. Because you think about it, my mind starts thinking, it's like, okay, well, you know, you catch a fish, it doesn't bleed all over you. So it's not like a mammal. And you eat a fish and you don't see, like, if you undercook a fish, it's not bloody. Right. The way a steak is or the way chicken is. Um, And so, you know, we kind of got to that conclusion. So Hmm. he's always kind of having those. Those, those kind of questions. Yeah, you've gutted the fish, though, right? I no, no, okay. no. There's... That was my my mom likes to fish, and I wouldn't do the worms. I wouldn't do, yeah, none of it. Just not my thing. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, they've got they've got organs. They live off of oxygen. They do have blood, but it's not the same. Yeah. As as us, which has to continually pump throughout the body because and regulate our temperature in the same way yeah fish don't do that yeah 
See, that's uh, that's what I like about you. You know things about fish blood, and I know where Palm Springs is. But I am. <laughs> but I. But also, I am an amazing bullshitter. Oh, when. No one, of, one of my crowning yeah. achievements. Okay, so the, <laughs> this goes back to one of your, probably one of your questions. Uh, what do I want them to avoid? Uh-huh. Yeah, I actively try not to bullshit when I talk to my kids. You know what? It's because I will come up with something, uh-huh. no doubt. But I act because they will remember whatever answer I give. <laughs> we didn't have that and, luxury. But the other thing was like, right, but even if you did, you had to work. To go find out that your dad was wrong or whoever was wrong. Now you just pick up your device and search it, and two seconds later, you have an answer. You know, there's, there's. Um, <laughs> I was listening to to Pete Holmes a week or so ago, and he has this whole thing about how that the that's the difference with learning now. Is that you don't have that that joy of learning stuff. There's not that, like if you go, I forget what his example was. It was like, um, you know, it was like, where's somebody from? Oh, Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Yes, that's his bit. Yes. I love that. Yes, bit. <laughs> where's Tom Petty from? And you didn't, and you so you asked all your friends, and they, some of them gave you bullshit answers, and you know whatever. And then someday you meet a girl, and she's a Tom Petty fan. And you go, he's from. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and you go, okay, I get that that's satisfaction. Yeah, that right. Was, that's how you met your wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that there's that satisfaction in finding the answer, the struggle to get to the point where you can find the answer, whether it was just having to wait to get home to pull out your encyclopedia to go look it up or whatever it was. Now it's, it's instant. I have such... And so I can't bullshit them because no, you can't. they'll come back five minutes later and go, no, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> I had such... I, I, I remember this only because you said encyclopedia. Just such a vivid memory now of being in middle school, sixth grade, Canyon Vista Middle School, um, and being in the library and looking at the wall of encyclopedias. And it was like, 87, 88, 89, like year after year of World Book and Britannica and all of these. And I got so angry. I was like, why do they publish a new one of these every single year? Did the facts change? Are there new facts? Why aren't we just printing a pamphlet of like, here's the update? Yeah. See World Book eighty four, but these are the new things. <laughs> I got, I got, I was inside. Uh, just sixth grade rage, and like people are idiots. And that's, where, <laughs> that's where I think that might be where it started. I was pretty, yeah. I was pretty good and pretty accepting of the world up until that moment. Yeah, I think that was my turning point. <laughs> nice. So we'll we'll wrap up um, with two questions. Okay. Number one, no, that uh, was two. Yeah, there's, there's two. Right. One, one's real Part A, soft. part B. Part A, part B. Um, part A is, all right, so uh, you, you let me know that you'd never had a seven and seven before. Um, mm-hmm. How'd it do for you? It was good. Yeah? It was good. I, I, could, I could drink that. You could drink that? Yeah. All right. It was smooth. It was, like you said, it was you know, a little bit sweet. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. It's good. That was, that was totally a pull from Bridesmaids, your favorite movie. Oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just the, the question that I like to close on is you get to imagine that you're, you know, your kids are fully grown. They're, they're 35 years old. They're full adult people. What do you want them to know about you as a person, not as a dad, but something that they wouldn't have gotten being raised by you? But if they're going to know you as a man, not a dad, what would you like them to know about you? You met you met thirty five year old Lucas. Yeah. You've never met him before. What would you want him to come away with? Damn, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying Lucas, but Sophia as well. Yeah, yeah. I would say. The constant, constant conscious effort to push down vulnerability. Okay. I don't show that often mm-hmm. because I've learned if I'm going to succeed in this life, then I can't be vulnerable in any situation. <clears throat> Um, I'm an introvert by nature, Mm -hmm. um, but it took having that realization in my I don't know, probably even later twenties. Um, where I was like, I need to push out of this. Mm -hmm. I can't just live inside this bubble I've created for myself um, and just yeah letting them know that that was there hmm. hopefully they've found that that's not something you can necessarily teach somebody else so it's not a direct lesson as they're growing up but that they realize at some point that 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 was there hmm. that always guided how I raised them. Interesting. So the so that they can see like put a lot of effort into this number 1 mm. and then number 2 you you're going to have things that you have to overcome. Yeah. that are that are possibly hardwired right into you. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be okay or make you successful in in navigating the next 40 years of your life yeah wow yeah so did they just come away with like yeah you might you might have to change some things fundamentally about yourself but yeah sometimes it's worth it yeah because if you if you had never changed those things they wouldn't be here oh certainly (laughs) yeah certainly (laughs) no but that was even because i was 
got to do the math now. You, I was 26. Math's a lot of your job. Yeah. <laughs> I was 26 when I met Anna. Wow. Um, and that had not happened for me yet. Hmm. Uh, and so it was a, there was a big effort to do the things that I did to get myself in front of her. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. such a, we, we have, we have a lot of similar experiences, but that was never, that was never my thing. Yeah. I do, I do like, I do like to be alone a lot of the time and I'm actually pretty okay alone, mm-hmm. but no, I, I, I still, I still require people, but strangely enough, transactionally it's, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good in, I'm good in 10 minutes, spurts. <laughs> I'm real good after that. I'm like, okay, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's good. Well, cool. Awesome. Well, here this uh, this podcast is here for two things. Number one, it's here for you know us to talk and have a few drinks and <laughs> be able to spend some time talking, being uh, being dads. And the other thing is, this is here for your kids in the future. You know that they can go back and listen to what their dad was like when they were nine and seven. Eight, eight and nine. Eight and nine. Yeah, I think they're that close. Seventeen months. Damn. Yeah. I was going. All right. So eight and nine. So now they get to hear what dad was circa twenty eighteen. Yeah. And then when, <laughs> when his friend uh, when his friend Mark <laughs> was talking to him and before our big fallout. Yeah. Exactly. I mean that's yeah. three four years down yeah. the line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. One of us is gonna get too famous for the other one so very much i don't so. know which way it's gonna go but well, yeah and then after that you're gonna hit on my wife and it's gonna get weird <laughs> <laughs> well cool bob thank you for thank you for uh, spending the time today and uh yeah see you see you soon all right